Thank you, Pastor Jade. Our scripture for this morning comes from the Gospel according to Luke. Chapter 10, verses 27, 25 through 37. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three, do you think, was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O oh God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We're continuing in our Google It sermon series this morning, where we have been taking a certain topic and we will compare and contrast between what Google has to say and what scripture has to say. Our word for this morning is mercy. But I'd like to start us off with a bit of call and response. So I'll start off a familiar slogan or jingle, and I want you all to finish it. Ready? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Very good. <laughs> give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. Excellent. Let's do one more. Like a good neighbor, good job. <laughs> like a good neighbor, that sounds familiar, not just because it's a catchy State Farm jingle. Who is my neighbor? A lawyer poses this question to Jesus, wanting to clarify exactly who he's supposed to be loving in order to fulfill the second greatest commandment. As he often does, Jesus answers the question with a parable. 
a story. This is a story starring someone his audience would not have expected. A story about going out of your way when no one else would bother. And the popularity of this story can't really be overstated. We still might call someone a good Samaritan. We have churches and organizations and hospitals that bear the name. We even have good Samaritan laws. A good Samaritan is someone who helps. They're compassionate. They show mercy. When you Google the word mercy, you get uh, dictionary definitions, several songs titled mercy, and even a video game character. This lawyer asks Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Knowing that according to Jewish law, he's only responsible for loving those who are like him. He can't mistreat his enemy, but he doesn't have to love them. The Jews and the Samaritans had long-standing mistrust and hatred towards each other. By making a Samaritan the hero of the story, Jesus is asking his Jewish audience to set aside their prejudices, to leave room for divine, world-altering surprises. I'm sure the beaten man on the side of the road was surprised when he saw who finally cautiously walked up to help him. It wasn't the priest, it wasn't the Levite, not even a Jewish layperson, but a Samaritan. It must have been at least a little uncomfortable for them both. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. This stranger on the road could not have saved himself by himself. He needed help. He needed a gift of mercy. The Samaritan had to humble himself to extend mercy, and the wounded man had to humble himself to receive it. Jewish scholar Amy, Amy Jill Levine explains, the idea of a good Samaritan would have made no more sense than the idea of a good rapist or a good murderer. Imagine having to accept help from someone you hope to never, ever need help from. After being robbed of his clothes and his money and his dignity, that was the situation this wounded man was faced with. Some Jews listening to Jesus tell this story might have muttered to themselves, I would rather die than accept help from a Samaritan. The good Samaritan is good not just for his good deeds, but for his kingdom-mindedness. The way he cares for the wounded stranger is irrational, extreme, over the top. He had to be kingdom-minded in order to do what he did. Without a desire to reflect God's love and mercy above all else, he probably wouldn't have spared that stranger a second glance. But instead, he has humility. He dies to himself, inconveniencing his own travel plans, spending precious time and money, allowing the stranger to ride his donkey at the expense of his own comfort. God's love and mercy for us are like that. God's mercy is offered to all of us. There are no limits hiding in the fine print, no conditions we have to meet in order to be worthy. 
Just like the stranger on the road, there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. We need God to do what only God can do. God looks on us with kingdom vision. When God looks at us, God does not see our flaws and our faults. God only sees God's own image and nature. God sees us as beloved creations made for relationship with God and each other and all of the rest of creation. And if mercy and taking care of one another is what it means to be a neighbor, that makes God our neighbor. We might like to think about God as our neighbor, but we still find it hard to be a neighbor to others. We're still the ones asking, who is my neighbor? It's like we're trying to narrow who's within the scope of the second greatest commandment instead of continually asking God to expand our hearts. Bob Goff writes about this in his book, Dream Big. A lot of people are silently asking the question, what can this person do for me? It happens in business all the time, but what about you and your daily life? Are you scanning the room to size up what you can get from others around you? And Bob asks, how would your life change if you flipped the script and instead asked yourself, what can I give to everyone here? Methodist founder John Wesley thought hard and often about the choices he was making in his interactions with others. He wrote, have I been zealous to do and active in doing good? That is, have I embraced every probable opportunity of doing good and preventing, removing, or lessening evil? Have I pursued it with all my might? Have I thought anything too dear to part with to serve my neighbor? In other words, do I do all the good I can for all the people I can in all the places I can for as long as I can? The Samaritan looked at the man on the side of the road and asked not what he could take, but what he could give. The Samaritan probably didn't want to spend his day caring for a stranger in need, certainly not a Jew. But he clearly wanted to be a good neighbor. He wanted to express the love of God to someone who was hurting. His desire to reflect God's character was stronger than any other desire for his life. It outshined anything else that got in the way. We don't have to rescue strangers on the side of the road to be a good neighbor. Consider your actual neighbors, the people who live beside you or across the street or behind you. We live in an age where we don't really know our neighbors that well. And some neighbors are what we would call good. They don't impede on our space. They're courteous. They don't throw loud parties until 2 a.m., but sometimes neighbors can get a little out of line. They might fly a flag we don't like. They don't pick up after their dogs. They don't clean up their yard. They run over our rose bushes. Maybe they do throw a party until 2 a.m. What does mercy look like between you and those neighbors? How does God's call to love our neighbors impact how you see those neighbors? Are you seeing them with kingdom vision? You might not have an awful neighbor to show mercy to. What about a neighbor who needs some help? 
My friend's mom is 84, and she's having some mobility issues. She used to love working in her yard, but she can't as much anymore, so her yard's not as pristine as her neighbor's. But she has some people who show her mercy. There's a couple that will walk their dog past her house, and when they go by, they'll pick up her newspaper and take it to the front porch for her. It's just a small thing, but it's allowing themselves to be interrupted. It's a small gesture, but an act of mercy that they go out of their way for her. A man in my former apartment complex has declared himself the apartment dad, and he would help me and another young woman whenever we had car trouble. Last year, he bought me a new car battery, and in May, just before I moved, he put the spare tire on my car, bought me a new tire, and then put that one on. We have this deal that when we get to heaven, I'll put in a good word for him, (laughs) but I don't think he'll need it, right? Because showing mercy like that is precisely how we love our neighbors. Before we even begin the parable, Jesus names that how we love our neighbors is connected to how we love the Lord. When we see the image and nature of God in all our neighbors, being a neighbor to them easily follows. I wonder how Jesus might change that catchy State Farm jingle in light of this story of the Good Samaritan. Maybe it would go something like, like a good neighbor, we show mercy. Like a good neighbor, we act in love. Loving God and neighbor must be acted out. According to Google, our understanding of mercy is limited to forgiving someone who has wronged us. We don't often allow our lives to be interrupted by the needs of others, but to do so is to show mercy. Like the Samaritan looking beyond his own people to offer mercy, we too are continually called to a larger vision of the kingdom, a vision that embraces showing mercy to all our neighbors, even if they are a stranger, even if they are an enemy. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for your mercy for us. We give you thanks that Your mercy is an unconditional, abundant gift. We pray that we would make it our mission to share that mercy with the whole world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.